Have you been affected by the suicide death of a beloved friend or family member? If so, you're probably facing many unanswered questions. We hope to discuss some of them today. This is What My Son's Death by Suicide Taught Me About Life with your host, Marshall Adler. Marshall lost his own son, Matt, at the age of 32 and has since dedicated his life to talking to people who have also been affected by suicide. Now, here is Marshall Adler. Hello, this is Marshall Adler, and I want to thank you so much for listening to this week's episode. And I want to thank my very, very, very special guest, Christina Gonzalez, who was very, very brave to reach out to me recently to discuss her loss and discuss her family and be willing to uh, be a guest on my show. I think Christina has an extremely important story for all listeners to listen very carefully. And again, I cannot thank Christina enough for reaching out to me and agreeing to be my special guest on today's show. So what I want to do is I'd like to introduce my guest today, Christina Gonzalez. And what I'd like to do first is, Christina, if you could please just Introduce yourself and give the audience some background information about yourself so they'll know who you are before we start delving any deeper into the show. Hi, yes, I'm Christina Gonzalez. Um, My husband is Omar Gonzalez. We have three children, Rosalind, who's 22, Daniel, who's 19, and Landon, who had just turned 17 last November. And and where are you from, uh, Christina? So we live in Altamont Springs, and my son... That's Florida. Florida, Florida, right. Yeah. Orlando. Orlando area. And my son went to Brantley High School, and my two older children are now at UCF, University of Central Florida. My husband is a minister, uh, a Presbyterian Church USA minister, and I am a first grade teacher, and I work for Orange County, Orange County Public Schools, and I teach first grade, and I have a master's in early childhood education, and I teach, I've taught K-1-2. Where, where did you get your master's degree? What school did you get your master's degree from? Um, when we lived in Michigan, I went to uh, Western Michigan, and so I'm a Kalamazoo uh, from Western Michigan, Kalamazoo. Oh, that's great. That's great. Well, I'd like you to tell the audience about your youngest son, Landon, because I know you and I have talked off air about Landon, and it's really the reason we're here today talking. So please give the audience some background as to your son, Landon. Uh, So Landon was born in 2001, his brother 2000, so they're very close in age, and my whole plan of life was to have two brothers that were close, and or once they were born, and that they would just have a great friendship, and their sister, Rosalind, um, 
was four years older. And so when they were young, it, we just had a great time. I, I did summer camps for the children for seven years, uh, for 10 years, I did bug camp and they were always part of that. I stayed home with Landon till he was in kindergarten. And I, I taught actually at the JCC where Mr. Adler's son, I think was also uh, part of the Jewish community center here in the Orlando area. Yes. I taught preschool for four years there. So Landon was part of that community. And then, um, you know, elementary, they went to Bear Lake. And when Landon was in third grade, he, he started playing the piano. And immediately, you could just tell that he had a gift. And when he was in third grade, he played a solo for the, at the spring concert and just was uh, amazing, even at, at that age. So he played the piano all the way through his junior year that he passed away his junior year and so he loved the piano and then when he was in middle school he started playing the trumpet and he was extremely just he was just a musician so when he went to high school he joined the band he went to Brantley High School he joined the band and at a younger age he never really took school seriously but then in uh, middle school, all of a sudden it dawned on him that school mattered and grades mattered. So from that point on, he took his schooling very seriously and was an A, straight A student. And his freshman, by his sophomore year, he had a 4.25 GPA. He took wow. um, AP classes. So he, he just seemed extremely gifted and talented. His junior year, he was, uh, took AP Psych, and he got a five. Even after everything, he got a five on his um, AP test. Which is the highest and, score you can get. That's, that's yeah. the highest full college credit for that. Yep, and he, in chemistry, had 100%, and in biology, 100%. And math. So we always said, Leanna, what do you want to do? I mean, you can, you have so many opportunities. And uh, at one point, he wanted to be a nurse. And he just really just loved knowing things. Did, did, Did he know where he wanted to go to college? He, that's the kind of the part where we, he, he never really, knew exactly where he wanted to go to college or what like he just wanted to be a nurse and even as bright and as smart as he was and how gifted he was he just was really down to earth and just wanted to just hang out and have fun with his friends he didn't really have you know like i want to be a doctor he said a nurse at one point did, did he want to do anything with music, either professionally or continue through his life with his musical talents? He had a really amazing teachers. Um, Dr. John Almeida is a trumpet teacher at UCF. And Almeida said he can do anything he wants to. And his piano teacher uh, just was like, I've never had a student where you say something one time and then they do it. And you would just explain it once 
or show them. And so he always won the federation, uh, the, the piano federation. So he, he, music, he wanted to play for uh, at University of Florida. He, so maybe he did want to go to University of Florida. He did. And he wanted to play for that band. Was he in the marching band at, at Brantley High School? Yeah. So he was in the marching band at Brantley. And he uh, did very well. His freshman year, he, he was like in middle band. And by his sophomore year, he was in the upper band. So he, he made friends with a lot of seniors because he played so well. His chair was... Um, with all the seniors and when he was in ninth grade he won all-star which only two students in his school won out of all the band students like any band student could have won it and only two won it and he won it so extremely talented uh, and everyone just loved him so much uh, he just had so many friends he seemed like an incredibly young man let me tell the audience how we met because it's very interesting. I did not know you till recently, and you were kind enough to send me an email. And the email was one of the most unusual emails I've ever gotten in my life. <laughs> uh, seriously, because I want to tell the audience that your email sent a video that you yes. took at the cemetery. And the reason you took that basically at Landon's gravesite was that unfortunately our children our sons are buried close to each other at the same cemetery and since we're jewish my son is obviously buried in the jewish part of the cemetery and we'll get to this in a second and i actually this weekend went to see your son's gravesite which is also in the jewish part of the sec of the cemetery which i know you're not jewish so we'll get to right. that part in a second but i was so touched that you said you saw matt's gravesite and that mm -hmm. you read i know there was an article that you read and we're interested in the podcast and you reached out to me and i saw the youtube uh memorial that your i believe your daughter made a tribute to your son uh that you sent to me and looking at that was just so touching because, again, I never met Landon, but he seemed like this incredibly nice, kind human being. And then yes. we had a chance to talk today. Sounds like he's off the charts intelligent, high achieving, happy, artistic. He really seems like a renaissance man. Yes. Am I, am I correct? I mean... Yeah. And just really good, good, good kid. Um, he just, he told me a couple, like the month before he died, he's like, I haven't argued with anyone all year. I haven't had one disagreement with anyone. He, he just seemed like, of all your children, was he the easiest to, personality? Yes, super easygoing. He just, uh, just if I, I never had to tell him to practice a piano or the trumpet or to do his homework or to clean his bedroom. He, he just was just kind and nice and uh, just did everything on his own accord. Did he get along with his siblings very well? 
Yeah, his two older siblings argue and fight a lot, but he never fought with either of them. He would just choose to walk away. He would sit in the middle because he didn't want, he's just like, I'll sit in the middle because, you know, with three kids. And so we would always have to speak up for him and say, you, you need to, you know, stand up for yourself. Or if, or if something happened, we, we would have to say, I know that made you angry. You, you need to let us know that that made you angry. And, you know, we'd almost have to give him words or permission to be angry in a way. Did, did he have any type of mental health issues or mental health treatment prior to his passing? And that is when in April of his so april of his um sophomore year he got uh, sick he's been fine and he one day he just he could not leave the house he could not speak he we took him to the doctor and we did not know what was wrong with him and we did not know why he basically just had a mental breakdown or a, they just anxiety, depression. And uh, we don't really have like a specific word for it. But if I were to say, it'd be more like just a mental breakdown. And he got very, very sick in the first week of April of 2018 and you had no warning of this happening am i correct no we you know it'd been the holidays it's a sophomore year and you know there's that little stretch where it just seems to go on and on forever as a as a teacher and um it was after spring break and so i guess we'd had spring break we'd visited over spring break we went to uf and FSU to visit colleges for his brother, but uh, like a couple weeks after that, he became very sick. Did he have any type of mental health issues or mental health counseling or mental health medical treatment prior to the April 2018 incident when, that, when it came out of, that's basically came out of left field, right? Like a bolt, up, bolt, just, bolt in the sky. This, in fact, I told my husband, I said, I, I said to him, I think there's something really wrong with Landon because I was trying to get him to speak to me after a, a trip. He, we were planning, he was planning to go on a trip to Washington, D.C. the following year. And after that meeting, he was just confused. And so I sat in the car just saying, Landon, what's wrong? Can you tell me? And he just sat there quiet. He couldn't communicate what he was feeling. And then from that point on, he, he just showed extreme anxiety over anything, uh, everything from riding the school bus, which he'd done his whole life, to eating a meal. And he lost 25 pounds in a matter of two weeks. And he just sat and stared and couldn't do anything. You told me early today that he became catatonic. Am I catatonic. correct? Catatonic. Yes. Basically, for those who don't know, that basically means non-responsive. Am I correct? He wasn't talking? Well, he wasn't engaging. Maybe he, 
it, but yeah, he just kind of stared at the wall all day. He didn't play video games. He didn't read books. He didn't play the piano, like nothing that brought him joy. He just sat and stared. This sounds so unusual. Well, unfortunately, we have to take a very quick break. And again, I want to thank every listener from uh, listening in today. And I want to thank my very special guest, Christina, to uh, be willing to talk about her son, Landon, which obviously is a very unusual uh, story she's telling. And I want her to continue to tell us what happened after this very catastrophic change in the behavior of her son. But we'll be right back after this break. And I want to ask Christina some more questions as to what happened with this change in really the entire life of her son, Landon. We'll be right back again. Thank you so much for, for listening. We'll be right back after this short break. Live up to your fullest potential. This is the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Are you looking for life's answers? How about the meaning of true self? Can you really be a better person overnight? Well, good luck with that. Now, if you really want to know more about this insane world and life we lead, tune into Dr. Gary Bell's Absurd Psychology. You'll learn about how the brain operates under different psychological conditions. Some common sense. Heck, you might just actually learn something. Listen Tuesdays at 11 a.m. Pacific, 2 p.m. Eastern on Voice America Empowerment. Should there be more to your life? Do you need a change? Transformation for Success with Dr. Barbara Young will provide empowering commentary each week to encourage you. She will interview successful personalities from movies, television, business, technology, health, and academia. All of them have amazing stories, resulting in transformed lives. You'll learn how to discover real happiness, financial success, and fulfillment to live your highest purpose. Join her on Tuesdays at 12 noon Pacific Time and 3 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America Empowerment Channel and a replay Fridays at 12 noon Pacific on the Voice America Business Channel. Become a member of VoiceAmerica.com. It's easy and best of all, it's free. Start out by going to our homepage or any of our channels and click register at the top. Once you've created an account and signed in, you can create your own custom library, opt into our newsletter, search by show, host, guest, or topic of interest, or browse millions of hours of content across all of our Voice America radio channels. Membership gets you more. Visit voiceamerica.com today to get started and tailor the listening experience to your taste. Live up to your fullest potential. This is the Voice America Empowerment Channel. You are tuned into What My Son's Death by Suicide Taught Me About Life. If you'd like to send Marshall Adler a question or comment that can be addressed privately or on a future program, please send an email to marshalontheradio at gmail.com. That's marshalontheradio at gmail.com. Now, back to this week's program. Well, thank you so much for listening, and I am really very interested in... Christina's tale of what happened to her son Landon. Christina, this seems so unusual that he seemed like such a high-functioning, happy, successful, uh, wonderful, loving human being, and then his whole 
his whole world and your whole world changed in April of 2018. So when this happened, like what type of medical care did he get? What type of treatment did he get? What type of medication did they prescribe? Tell, tell me what happened after that. So uh, immediately that day that he got sick, um, we're like either we're going, we're, you know, or the next day, a Thursday, we we're like, we're taking you to the doctor. So we took him to his primary care physician who we were able to get in, you know, on, instead of going to school, I brought him to the doctor. I was like, it's either that or the other. And he, he couldn't get out of the car to go to school. And so when we went to the doctor's office, the doctor did a basic uh, test, like a, and he talked with him alone, and then he talked with us and asked him just a lot of questions. And a lot of those dealt with uh, suicide or hurting yourself. And so he said no to all of those, but he was extremely depressed and they, the doc said between a zero and a 10, where are you right now? And he's like a two. And he goes, where, where were you six months ago? He goes like an eight. And where were you like a month ago? Like a four or five. So it, it just seemed very, uh, very sudden, but maybe there were, a, a, maybe he was fatigued. Maybe he'd worn himself out because he's trying to do everything. You know, he's, he's in band, and so they do marching band, and then they do a lot of extra band activities. So we took him to the doctor, and then he started prescribing a medicine, which on the medicine has like a 3% chance of suicide. So when we saw that, my husband especially became very conscious of that percentage and we knew that that was something that could happen now looking back you know maybe he could have been on other medicine but immediately from the day he started taking it he started feeling better not that that only meant like he would go to school for two hours a day so for April, between April and May, he, he only went to school like two to four hours a day. And then, um, but because he'd been straight A's, his A's averaged with, basically he went from an A student to an F. He like couldn't do anything. Wow. But that, that last AP, he'd been studying all along. Like he couldn't do assignments. He couldn't read. One of the doctor's questions basically is a, it's like a tricycle question. And if you have three tricycles, how many wheels do you have? Like he could not answer that question, even though like a, a week before he's doing really high math. I even forget what math he was in. Uh, extremely gifted in math. And so he just lost the ability to write. So a lot of his assignments had writing and he couldn't, he couldn't write. He couldn't uh, do them. So we asked his teachers to give him a break. Some did, some didn't, some, but uh, some, some were very kind and helpful and others just were like, well, that's the assignment. He has to do it. And that kind of uh, was a little bit upsetting to us because we were trying to just 
you know, we didn't want to upset him more being a straight A student, like to make him feel that much, you know, just it's silly assignments. For example, at the end, by his, by the, by May, because of the medicine, he was feeling better, but he, his anxiety was still there. So it was just like two hours of school and he'd be home sleeping, resting, eating. And he, like I said, lost 25 pounds very quickly. And my husband's a minister. So, I mean, even at that time, he, we would go to church or not go to church. I mean, faith was always a part of it. And, but we also then started uh, getting counseling. He went to counseling. And then he, at that time, he also saw a psychiatrist who the primary care physician actually uh, prescribed the medicine. But the psychiatrist said, yes, that's the medicine he needs to take. What's the dosage? And we're like this. And he's like, okay, that's good. He can go up to a certain amount. So the psychiatrist, the counselor, the church, like everyone was supporting him, his teacher, his band teacher, because uh, he, he, he took uh, jazz band and band. So he had two classes with the band teacher. And he just had a really close relationship with him. And everyone was just very kind and helpful at that time. What, what, what did the doctors say about the causative, the causative factors in this? Because it seemed like such an abrupt change in his entire life, literally overnight. I mean, what did they attribute this to? I know. At the time, it was just generalized anxiety. And th later, you know, after he died, I actually... I, you know, you read this, read that, and the other, a lot of stuff just pops up. But the, the, there's this one um, called PANDAS, P-A-N-D-A-S, or PAN syndrome. And it's, it's exactly the symptoms that he had. And you will never know. So there's a, a lot of woulda, shoulda, coulda, and, you know, things that you want to go back and change or if I'd known or another one that a lot of people told us about afterwards is like if a person has a certain amount of medicine and their body doesn't react correctly to it, there's actually this, uh, this test your, your, your child or per a person can take that will tell you that your body is not how much of that medicine your body can take. And there's just things like that, which, you know, looking back or had we known or should we never have taken the medicine to, to begin with, but he was, you know, catatonic. So you're just like, well, that really wasn't a choice. Another one was um, like the immune, the panda thing shows up. And basically, if you take antipsychotic medicine, that actually makes it worse. So that's another reason why I think, you know, well, maybe he did have this pandas thing and it wasn't ever a psychotic thing. But then we also don't know if he, it, when you become uh, bipolar, you have up and down and he, you know, he was kind, and it's not a day. It's not like I'm bipolar today. It's bipolar. It's like months, you know, it's this wave. 
And so it, it could have been the beginning of bipolar. It could have been the, 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 the doctor very seriously looked at me without land in the room and said, we, we have to be, he could have schizophrenia. And I was just like, you know, just what do you do with that kind of news? So we, but we can't know for a year. So we never got to know because we never got past the year. Did the treatment help at all, the medication or the therapy? Did you see any improvement during the time period there was under, under active treatment? Yeah. So, at, so over the summer, they kept upping the dosage. And by the time school started again, he was feeling much better. And I very, you know, we're, we're like, if, you know, we'll make a plan. We talked to the guidance counselor again, which the counselor helped. And he was able to start back at school. And then before I know it, he's happy and coming home and he's eating and he's texting friends. He got into making goofy videos it's like the side that I saw when he was a kid, the goofy, happy jokester started coming out again. And I was just so relieved to see that he was like happy and working hard. His, his grades were, um, he was still getting fine grades, but he didn't seem to be as concerned for straight A's but he still got like straight A's, but it, it just didn't seem to, to matter. And he was involved in band and marching band, and he just loved marching band and all his friends. So it seemed like he was really doing much better and that this was hopefully a time that had passed and that whatever happened was in the rearview mirror and he was back to his high-functioning, happy loving, kind, wonderful self. Am I correct? Yes. So I was starting to feel relief. The kind of edge was starting to wear off of the sickness. And we were starting to just get into the normal day-to-day groove of work and this and that. And he did get, he would, the counseling was mostly to help him deal with anxiety. And because he wasn't having anxiety at school, he was uh, told that, you know, to call them when he felt anxious. But as of right now, they, did, they felt like he was dealing fine with life. And so they, uh, yeah, whatever, like graduated him, but he was able to um, move, like not have to do that. And then, um, so he hadn't had a birthday party in a while, so we planned his birthday party, and he planned it, and he hadn't planned one in a while, and it was just at our house, and he invited several really good friends, mostly trumpet players, and because they, he sat near the seniors, they're mostly seniors, and, uh, 
even the band daughters was there and just really, really good kids. Just, and I, for a while I was a little concerned. I'm like, well, maybe someone is bullying. I mean, we asked that question and we asked them, is someone bullying you? He's like, no, no one's bullying me. Like, what, why are you afraid? And he's like, I literally, I, I don't know. I can't tell you. Or he'll say something like in April, he couldn't even return his library book because he was so afraid to walk up to the library and return a book. He, he physically cried in bed in the fetal position for hours because the next day he was going to have to return his books, his, his uh, sophomore year books, you know, the textbooks and whatnot. He, he kind of got into this path where this kind of like he could walk from here to here, here to there. I was, um, I was on a field trip when I was concerned about him and I, I texted the teacher. I said, can you please just let me know how Landon's doing? And the teacher texted back, back in April saying, he's not well. Like he's just sitting here shaking from head to toe. Like his whole body was shaking and he's, his head is down and he's not doing well. So that was like a physical symptom at school. Later on, we would try to send him to school. He would um, be like, why is everyone walking around? Like, where is everyone going? And we're like, this is high school. Like, everyone's going where everyone goes, you know? And he, he couldn't. So we, were, we offered him over the summer. We can do homeschool. You, you, you can do, uh, Daniel was at Lyman. You can go to Lyman. Like, anything you want, you can have. We will do whatever you want. And he's like, no, I really love Lake Brantley. I really want to go back. I have really good friends there. And they really, they, they helped me. I like my friends. And they, they really did. All his friends really were there for him, even at that time. Um, they would call him and text them and, you know, miss him. And, uh, so when we came back and he was better, everybody was just ecstatic. And so when we had his birthday party, uh, he had his birthday. So his birthday is the Tuesday of Thanksgiving. And then there's Wednesday, then there's Thanksgiving. At least that's how it fell last year. And so we'd had plans and family. Uh, what My mom and dad were in town and he the week before he became a little manic like a little too happy i mean way happy like talking to the car next to us waving and saying hey just making friends like i i went to the um i went to the post office and just talking up to the post office people and just being friendly with like everybody in line and everyone everywhere. So I had a doctor's appointment on uh, Friday of Thanksgiving, which is a really hard day to get a doctor's appointment. He canceled it the previous Friday. He, he canceled it. And so I was like, and they're like, can you make an appointment? And they're like, December. I'm like, no, I need to see you like ASAP. And so the soonest was the day after Thanksgiving. And that was bef that he passed away on Wednesday and he had an appointment on Friday. Oh my gosh. Well, I want to hear about the party and what happened. Like, unfortunately we have to take a very quick break and I really want to 
talk to you about what happened with the party and obviously, unfortunately, his passing. So unfortunately, we have to take a very quick break here. And I want to talk to Christina right after we come back from these very short messages. Again, thank you so much for, for listening. We'll be right back after these very short messages. Success starts here. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. It's your world. Please join Dr. Sarah, a.k.a. Dr. Red, on an amazing journey of love, soul, abundance, compassion, and authenticity. Dr. Red is a well-renowned healer, hypnotherapist, author, and speaker who has overcome personal challenges to emerge stronger than ever before to reach out to you and heal you emotionally, mentally, and spiritually for the most informative and enriching experience filled with unbridled laughter and insights on life, health, culture, and society. Tune in to Dr. Red Says. Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific, 4 p.m. Eastern on Voice America Empowerment. Are you looking for a happier, healthier, and more fulfilled life? Do you want your business to thrive? Do you want to enjoy better relationships and find your purpose? Tune in every week to Stepping Into the Ten Da Dao Chung Life Transformation with Dr. and Master Shaw with host Diana Gold Holland, who will share the wisdom of Master Shaw. You'll hear from inspiring teachers and listen to testimonials about life transformation. Stepping Into the Ten Da Dao Chung can be heard Tuesdays at 3 p.m. in the West and 6 p.m. in the East on Voice America Empowerment. Now you don't have to stay linked to your desktop or laptop. Take Voice America on the go and listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. Success starts here. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. It's your world. You are tuned into What My Son's Death by Suicide Taught Me About Life. If you'd like to send Marshall Adler a question or comment that can be addressed privately or on a future program, please send an email to marshalontheradio at gmail.com. That's marshalontheradio at gmail.com. Now, back to this week's program. Thank you for uh, listening and coming back. And I really am very interested in talking to Christina so what happened with this party? Because that was basically right before he passed away. Am I correct? Yeah. So he had a birthday party where he'd invited about 10, 10 friends. And he'd invite his, mom, his sister, his brother. And it was at our house. And it was just pizza and cake and watching movies and playing a, a, a game, like a, a game. And I just heard so much laughter and so much joy. And his friend from, you know, like third grade was there. And his, the, the, all his, like 10 friends, 10 of his closest, you know, trumpet band playing friends were there. Um, I was, I was just quiet in the room, but I was, I was nervous because part of me still was like, well, maybe someone was bowling him. Maybe he doesn't have friends and he just thinks he has friends. But when, so I was very nervous before the, the party that maybe they didn't show up or people wouldn't come. And, but everyone did except for one friend who was grounded because 
I, I don't even know why, but she, she couldn't come and he was really looking forward for her to come. And so there was a female friend. Yes. A okay. female, a girl. And so he, he liked her and we talked about that a little bit. And so it was the first girl and I, I was, they were in a lot of classes together. I think three classes together and they sat by each other. And so he was just getting very close to her. And part of me was just also, you know, worried. What if this happens? What if that happens? Well, she had a boyfriend, but I guess she'd broken up recently. So he felt like, oh, well, maybe I can ask her out over Thanksgiving break and what what not. And so she wasn't able to come to the party because she was grounded. But throughout the night, he had texted her all night. So we know kind of exactly where he started to decline. What were the texts? What were the texts about? It, it, at first, the texts were like, hey, I missed you. You didn't come to my party, but it's okay. Maybe I can see you. But, you know, what's going on? We had fun. And then throughout... She wasn't answering back. Her parents had grounded her and had taken her phone away. But So he knew she wasn't answering. And then throughout the night, he just started saying more and more. And then just it got dark. And it, just, it was just like, it, it just became, I can't, I, I, I'm just really sad. I don't know what just happened. I just don't feel good right now. I feel really, really bad. So it was just like this, like super happy, yeah, almost, you know, just to super sad. And I, you know, a lot of teenagers later reached out to me and said that they felt that before. And I, I mean, I remember kind of feeling that after a really good day, but his, because I, you know, I think he was on that medicine personally. And then the 3% chance, of suicidal ideation he followed through with that that night even though like throughout the text you can see he was happy to begin with and then it it just went downhill just within hours this is incredible and this was a birthday party where you it was in your house you heard all the laughing and fun Mm -hmm. and everybody's happy and he sounded great and and then he didn't live to see the next day. Am I correct? Well, at around 3 a.m., he says, I'm going to listen to my song for the last time. Our song. I guess they would put earbuds together and they would listen to music in between classes. And so he, he listened to that song. And it's one of, it's one of the songs on the video. Wh- wh- which the song is it? Is, is on that, um, the I to be honest with you, you it's remember. the sec it's the la uh it's the I think it's the third one. Okay. And he was listening third to that song. song? Yes, when he passed. And yes, he was listening to that song when he passed. Oh my so, gosh. Uh, yeah. It's uh like we at least part of us like we know, you know, we know what happened. Because people were very kind to share. I was very afraid the next day to, you know, I called. I called her family. I tried to call her family. It was a lot to try to get a hold of people. I was very concerned for that girl because I didn't want her 
to be surprised or find out, but um, I didn't know that he was texting her. And so she did find out, like she did, she did get her phone later and uh, shared with us that information. We're very thankful that she did that. How, let me ask you this. How have you and your husband and your children dealt with the journey of grief that obviously you've been on since Landon's passing because the story you're telling is such a unusual story. Again, as you know, I lost my son, Matt, on July 22nd, 2018, about two, three months before Landon passed away. And I've been on, and my family's been on our own journey of grief. But your story, it just seems so... Um, to such a difference in such a short period of time where he said he had no prior mental health issues, no prior behavioral issues, no prior academic issues, no prior social issues until the April 2018 time frame, And then he passed away in November, later than like seven months later. So right. my question to you is, I mean, how, how have you and your family taken the journey of grief together or individually? How, how have you done it? Well, grief, like till I think, you know, when you read about it, till you go through it, you, I, I took classes when I was a master's degree, how to help children cope with loss. Now looking back, I'm like, I had no idea what I was doing. My husband uh, is a minister. He works in the hospital. He, he does funerals. He's never you know, you just do not know it. Even as close as you are, even him doing funerals, you have no idea the grief, what grief is. So that, that first week, um, well, my family came, my sister came, my parents were here. Actually, it was a little bit hard having my, yeah, it's just, uh, my brother's daughter also passed away. So for my parents, this is their second grandchild. So it was very hard for them to be in the middle of this, uh, like, again. And, uh, and uh, that's a whole other story. I'm sorry. Do you, so your brother's lost a child also? Daughter. How yes. old was she? How old was she when she, she was? She was 11. And she died of pulmonary embolism. How, and, uh, how, when did that happen? That happened eight years ago. She's Rosalind's wow. age, so she would be 22 now. I'm sorry but, to hear that. Yeah, but it's maybe 12 years old. She was a, also a beautiful person. Just, yes, amazing, beautiful. So it, it's, she had a physical handicap, but just was friendly to everybody and everybody's friend as well. Just so kind. So that first week afterwards, you're just in shock. You don't know anything. You're just waking up feeling ill. I was very grateful. I was able to get off work for uh, like the, the rest of December. I went back starting January. My husband took off a couple of weeks. But the most amazing thing that like that people did was um, they did a meal train. There's this app or website called Meal Train, and every single night people brought food to our house from now from uh, November to Christmas Day. So however many that was like over forty meals, 
that were brought to our house every single night. And people are just so kind. And one thing living in a big city, you're like, wow, that would be really bad in a big city to go through that. We've had so much kindness and support that I would not change that for anything. You know, the, the city of Altamont, the city uh, the the like Brantley. I mean, if you're part of the school, if you're involved in the school, you're going to get that support. Has, when, has your faith helped? Because I I know we talked that you're you're obviously not Jewish, but you said that you were you worked at the Jewish Community Center as a teacher, and correct, Landon went to the Jewish Community Center as a young child, right? And uh-huh. he. And he is buried in a Jewish cemetery. (laughs) If you can maybe just tell us how that happened, because that's an unusual story also. Yeah, so Daniel wanted a very natural burial, and and the Jewish uh, member in our church is a funeral home director, so he could tell, he, he took care of us. And Landon, he's like, well, you can do a Jewish burial, a Jewish, uh, like vault or whatever the things you have to decide after your child dies is like very very it's very like shocking but um so because of that when we went to the to the gardens they were like well they i guess they assumed you were jewish because we were asking for we said we want a jewish vault but so that's they showed us the Jewish corner of the cemetery, and that's where it was just beautiful. That's where Landon ended up. It's you know I, I know exactly what you mean because your whole system is literally in shock when you lose a loved one, particularly a child, and especially to suicide. That is right. such a unbelievable circumstance that no parent should ever experience as you and I both know and no parent is ever prepared to experience so it sounds like you and your family have in some ways really been very fortunate having the support that you've had going through the faith the faith and it's Again, I've said this many, many times because I, my, my parents lost two children. I had two brothers older than me. Uh, one was older than me, one was younger than me, but I was very young when they died, so I don't remember them. One was younger, one was older. My parents lost two children. And growing up, I always thought that nothing is worse than the loss of a child. And that, to me, is absolutely the truth. Nothing is worse than the loss of a child. But every parent that loses a child has to make the decision as to how their life is going to go forth with their other children, with their family and with their faith. And it sounds like you've made the commitment to make your life a tribute to Landon and make sure your other children live the life they're supposed to live. And you are trying to, be the best person you can be. And obviously you work with children on a daily basis. And Mm -hmm. I know the reason we're doing this show and the reason that I want to live every day the fullest is to make my life a tribute to my son, Matt, because he was a wonderful, kind, loving person the same way Landon was. 
Yes, and he touched many lives at his uh, memorial. 600 people were there. They filled out the church. But one thing I did after Landon died, I friended all of his friends on Instagram. Basically, I created an Instagram that was Landon's. But every time I post something about Landon, I get hundreds of responses from all his friends showing so much support. Well, that's wonderful. I'll tell you, Christina, I cannot thank you enough for your bravery. I cannot thank you enough for reaching out to me because when I got your email and saw your video with Landon's gravesite being right next to Matt's gravesite, I just felt we were connected there, which we are. Our children will be there for eternity near each other. and. Again, I never had the pleasure of meeting Landon. I wish I did. He sounded like an incredible human being. And I think that everything you're doing is really a tribute to him. And I think he'd be very proud of you. So again, I cannot thank you enough for reaching out to me, for your willingness and bravery to tell this story, to hopefully help others. And I've said this before, uh, you'd never, ever, ever want anybody to experience what you and I have experienced loss of a child. But the unfortunate reality is others will experience what we've experienced. And somebody might be listening. This podcast will be out there, I guess, forever. And I guess hypothetically, somebody a hundred years from now could be listening to this. and, And hopefully they will get some sense of the wonderful children we both had and how we have to make our life a tribute to them. And I think everything you've told me about what you've been doing for Landon's legacy and for his memory is wonderful. So again, I cannot thank you enough for reaching out to me. I cannot thank you enough for speaking on the show today can I thank you enough on behalf of the audience for telling the story that will hopefully help others in like in a like circumstance and, and really yes. appreciate it very, very much. Well, again, I, unfortunately we always run out of time so quickly here and I wish I could talk to Christina for another three or four hours, but fortunately we can't. And um, I do want to thank her, but I also want to tell the audience that, if you or a loved one knows or sees anybody who is struggling, please contact a, the appropriate medical mental health expert as soon as possible. Call 911 if warranted or call the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline at 1-800-273-8255. And again, I'd like to thank Christina for reaching out to me. I'd like to thank Christina for willing to talk on the show. And I'd like to thank Christina for really telling the audience an incredible story about her incredible son. And I can't thank you enough for doing this today. And I really appreciate you doing that, Christina. And I appreciate the audience listening. And I would like to thank all of you. And we'll talk to you next week. And again, Christina, thank you so much. And you stay well. You too. Okay, thank you. And we'll talk to you all next week. Thank you very much.
Thank you for tuning in to What My Son's Death by Suicide Taught Me About Life. We hope we've given you some insight concerning the issues of surviving and thriving after the suicide death of a loved one during our program today. Please join your host, Marshall Adler, again next Tuesday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time and 1 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. We hope you have a good week.